You're listening to a podcast from Millennials for Marriage. You can find this and other great resources anytime at our website at millennialsformarriage.org. That's millennialsformarriage.org. And now, here's our podcast. Hello and good morning. Welcome to The Hitch Fix. Today I am with Frank Hannigan. Frank Hannigan is the Director of Marriage and Family Ministries Office of the Archdiocese of Chicago. Prior to becoming the first layperson appointed to this position, he was the Director of the Canna Conference of Chicago. Frank is responsible for the coordination and implementation of all ministries and programs in the Marriage and Families Ministries Office. These ministries include preparation and education, divorce and annulment support ministries, Hispanic family ministries, and natural family planning. He is involved in training for parishes, deacon candidates, and seminarians, as well as the presenting teams for various programs sponsored by the office. He is a board member of the National Association of Catholic Family Life Ministers. He co-wrote A Marriage in the Lord, a marriage prep workbook that has been used in over 700,000, yes, 700,000 couples uh, for, merit, for marriage and helped author, uh, co-author the Marriage Family Guidelines for the Archdiocese of Chicago. In 2012, Frank's office partnered with the Marriage Group to produce the first-of-its-kind Catholic Marriage Prep Class, an online on-demand resource that is currently the world's largest and fastest-growing online resource for Catholic-engaged couples. He's been married since 1975. He has five sons, one daughter-in-law, and three grandchildren. Welcome, Frank. Boy, Jen, that's, uh, thank you for the uh, for the introduction. It's, it makes me feel like I've been around for a while. <laughs> well, we are so glad to have you, and happy St. Patrick's Day. We have a true blue, or true green, Irishman with us today, and so we should pinch ourselves because we are quite blessed to be having you on today more well, than any day. <laughs> yeah, this is a, it's a great day for the Irish, and anybody who would like to be Irish today certainly is welcome to be, and uh, <laughs> It's uh, a day that I know uh, our sons and their families will be coming over to the house, and there will be corned beef and cabbage. It'll be a traditional Irish dinner uh, this evening, so it's always good to get together with family and uh, over a good meal like that. Well, you know, my daughter, before we, uh, my husband dropped me off this morning and was taking the girls on a date, a St. Patrick's Day date, and she found a four-leaf clover. And yes, she was really excited, and and uh, we celebrated that with her because it, you know, for a six, seven-year-old now, she was just thrilled. She just thought, "Mom, I'm going to have a rainbow." And so Justin went through the history of of Saint Patrick and and why we celebrate that day. Because of course, she was a little confused that it wasn't just rainbows and leprechauns. <laughs> Well, at her age, I suppose leprechauns and rainbows is a great start. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Well, you know, as I've looked over your material, one thing that struck me is that the archdiocese and, and, and in the Catholic Church in general does a great job and is truly dedicated to equipping young married millennials for marriage. It's, it's truly inspiring. Um, in particular, you focus on spirituality of marriage and marriage as a sacrament. I want to... As we are, you know, we, we spend time together today, I want us to discuss each of those elements and how um, these different elements impact the millennial marriage. Um, and so what does it mean when you talk about spirituality of marriage? Well, Jen, uh, for 
all couples, certainly millennial couples as well, who are married, uh, and for Catholics, our spirituality is, you know, how we feel God being present, how we make God present in uh, in the world. Uh, and, and for married couples, our spirituality um not only can it be in church and through prayer or through volunteering, but a lot of the spirituality uh, is through the physical union of a husband and wife coming together, uh, how we make God's love present, how we share with one another. Um, you know, and, and talking about a sacrament, um, marriage is a sacrament because it echoes the love that God has for us. It's really a, a, sac- a sacred sign of the union that exists not only between a husband and wife, but between Christ and the church. And so if we can, you know, echo or if we can model that behavior, um, God's love is, um, you know, unconditional. Uh, there, we receive the grace from that. We, we, it's all forgiving. And if we can try to show our spouse unconditional love, if we can uh, be forgiving, if we can do all the things that God does for us day in and day out, um, then we think that we'll have a, a very solid marriage. Sure. I think Christ has a, his relation, you know, the story of Christ the, uh, is such a great example um, and reflection of what marriage should look like. And um, I think that without that example, I don't think that we can really walk in the fullness of, of what God has for us in marriage without that understanding. Absolutely. And that understanding changes over time. I mean, so you gave the example of your daughter uh, finding a four-leaf clover and, you know, how she thinks about the day, St. Patrick's Day, um, you know, rainbows and, you know, leprechauns and and, and all the rest. Well, as she gets older, she'll have a, a deeper understanding. That is certainly true of an individual and, as we talk couples uh, today, of, of a couple's spirituality as well. What is that all about? Uh, I, I, I share with engaged couples, and I work with numerous engaged couples over these years. Um, one of the signs to me that an engaged couple and then you know a, a married couple is growing as a couple is that they're able to pray together. They're able to uh, be comfortable enough, uh, certainly beginning, you know, praying as an individual person is is important, but learning to pray as a couple. How do we do that? Uh, maybe it's just grace before meals to start, um, but how does that develop in time so that, you know, the two of you grow as individuals in your faith, uh, but grow together as a couple? And I think when couples begin to do that, they really begin to bloom um, in their marriage and in their relationship. Yeah, and as they start having children, to have that um, example for the children. You know, my daughter, last night she she was running. And of course, we tell our kids, don't run in the house. There's corners. There's You know, you tell them all the time. Uh, and she hit her head, and there was a big bump. And she put her hand on top of her head, and she goes, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that you would just heal my head right now. And... She didn't do that because she came up with that. She's seen it because she saw mommy and daddy taking time to spend time in prayer, not just with each other, but with our kids, with situations, you know, it, that the, things like that don't just come out of the air. It, it's, it's taught. It's, um, it's, it's transferred. 
Absolutely. And it, it's so important for uh, parents to model that, and sometimes we don't understand it. I had an associate director a number of years ago, just a wonderful lady who has since retired, and uh, you know, she was a grandmother, and she said uh, you know, she was putting a uh, couple of her granddaughters to bed, and they were young, too, at the time. They were you know, four years old, six years old in that age range. And so you know, grandma said goodnight and everything, gave them a hug, and she started walking out the door, and one of the little girls said, well, Grandma, aren't we going to pray? And Grandma said, well, of course we are. And she went over. They went, you know, kids got out of the bed and uh, knelt near the floor, around the floor. And Grandma said, she said, oh, my goodness, just getting down was tough. Um, but she said, you know what was amazing? We prayed the exact same prayers that she prayed with her daughter, who now her daughter and her son-in-law were teaching them to their daughters. And I thought, how powerful. Mm-hmm. So now it's going into the third generation that, you know, grandma did to daughter and now to granddaughters. Uh, and so it's it's the modeling. And it, it sounds like what you and Justin are doing is uh, right on target because it, it doesn't come out of nowhere. It comes out of behavior, not what we say so much as what we do. Absolutely. We are in the modeling business. And that doesn't mean we have to have perfection and be, you know, photoshopped. You know, they can see us in our weak moments. They can see us in the I'm sorry's. I can't tell you how many times I say I'm sorry throughout the week. You know, mom blew it, you know, well, and that's that's a good thing. Even within our, you know, mom shouldn't have talked to dad like that, you know, and, and that's not honoring. Um, and that's exactly correct with that. Uh, with... with some of our engaged couples and newly married couples are thinking, well, I'm marrying my soulmate. Uh, and, it, you know, that terminology, sometimes I struggle with that, thinking, well, you know, you're marrying a woman or you're marrying a guy and, you know, we're certainly not perfect and we're going to let you down and there's going to be times where forgiveness is needed and reconciliation is needed. Uh, but sometimes if we have that soulmate thinking, we think the person's going to be perfect all the time. And and that's not the case. So I think, again, the, the modeling part um, – for a couple to be able to, you know, be the brave one and say, you know, I forgive you, uh, or can you forgive me because I really screwed up this situation? I, you know, I apologize. Uh, for us to model that for each other as husband and wife, but also to model that for our children is very, very powerful. Uh, because as much as we'd like to marry our soulmates, we're, we're just marrying another flawed human being that, <laughs> sure. with the grace of God, hopefully can uh, be the best person that he or she can be. Well, how will faith in God help couples through the stages of married life? You know, that's a great question. Um, and I th- the stages are very important. And the stages, you know, when you start off as a newly married couple, you, you know, that's when it's, well, we're going to, we're madly in love and we're going to make it. And, you know, I, I think engaged couples are filled with uh, passion and they're they're filled with optimism, uh, despite you know divorce statistics that vary, but you know aren't always that positive. Uh, they think they're going to make it, and they're saying thinking to themselves, no matter what happens uh, over the next 20, 40, 50, 60 years, God willing, I want to spend that time with you, and together we can get through that. But then things happen. And we, you know, because of our flawed situation, uh, sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes we're not the most charitable spouse. Sometimes we're not the most understanding spouse. And I think our faith helps us to get through those difficult times. Marriages ebb and flow. Uh, When they're flowing, that's great. When everything's going well and you you can look at Justin, he can look at you and you both have a twinkle in your eye and you just know, like, we're in a really great place with our children and, and our marriage and what we're trying to accomplish in life. Um, but and sometimes, you know, for Marilyn and myself, 
we have great moments, but then some moments are are more challenging or more difficult. Well, that's where I think we depend upon God even more. And because we've made a commitment that the sacrament, God's love is unconditional. Well, then, and, you know, forever, it's a, it's a lifelong thing that we have to have that understanding too. So we share with engaged couples, we go over the, the Catholic vows. I promise to be true to you in good times and in bad and sickness and in health. I will love you and honor you all the days of my life. If we really believe that, and I suggest to engage couples that once they're married, say your vows every day. Mm, say your vows every good. day to help you to think, and if you're whether you're brushing your teeth or you know blow drying your hair in the morning, um, to start your day thinking about your vows again is is very powerful. So in the beginning, I think sometimes the engaged don't get that, and newly married couples don't get that. But in time their relationship blooms and in time, again, they learn to pray together and their faith is more powerful um, the way they express and live out their faith. So when they have these inevitable down times or, or struggles or challenges, and that could be you know, a, a child with special needs, it could be just the, the daily grind of marriage, it could be moving from one city to another, uh, it could be dealing you know, the whole aging parent issue is, you know, couples get caught in. Um, that's where our faith comes in, and we can rely on God. Uh, God didn't say, with God, all things are easy, but with God, all things are possible. And it's possible to get through this, and what can we learn from this situation or that situation? So, um, and I, I think I think of my parents who are married 66 years. Wow. And they don't get out as long or as much as they used to. And my, my father scares me when he drives now. <laughs> uh, but... When, when they are simply together, they enjoy being together. And my mom says her rosary every day. Uh, and because they don't get out, they, they watch the Mass on TV. Um, so from the very beginning time all the way through, you know, the challenges of being young parents and then having, you know, teenagers and the challenges, of course, that they provide. We, you know, we have five sons and four of them were pretty close in age. We had four teenagers at one time in our house. Wow. Uh, and teenage boys can, you know, they have their share of issues, I suppose. So, you know, that was a challenging time for us. And then, you know, as I look to my parents, you know, all these years later, we're Marilyn and I are married 40 years. We think that's a long time. Well, my folks, 66 years. It's like, boy, we'd like to be that sometime. And how the, the spirituality and how you live out your faith is, is, is different. And the modeling that they continue to do for their children. For me, my father is still certainly a hero, my folks, uh, but for our children and for our grandchildren. So, you know, my parents, are our great-grandparents, um, they, they're still always modeling their faith and um, the love that they have for one another. Wow, that's beautiful. Our neighbor, I send... Um I send my kids over to, they call them elderly people, uh, to our elderly neighbor's house. And uh, some people say, well, why don't you send them to a friend's house? And I said, well, you know, kids, they naturally know how to socialize with other children. Uh, however, many children don't know how to interact with adults. But he, the point of the story is that he, he's, he was married for almost 70 years, and his wife just passed. And he is always telling my little girls about his wife. And it's something that I really admire. You know, um, we don't have a lot of people in our family who were married long. And if, a few of our grandparents, you know, they were married a good bit before they became widows or widowers. Um, that's just, I love that. I love that um, you, your kids have that great example of what marriage should look like, that eternal, um, long-lasting covenant that um, many young people don't have today of that example. 
You know, there's a, a quote that on your website that you have. It says, marriage is a vocation that responds to God's call to holiness. And it echoes the relationship between God and his love for his church. It is more than a legal contract. It's a covenant and it's a sacrament. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. And uh, we, we hope engaged couples and married couples can understand that, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and know what that means. For us, a sacrament, it's more than a ritual. You know, it's a really, it's a visible sign of God's saving action, of uh, the covenant of love, the covenant of fidelity and commitment that God has with us. And if, if we know that God is always there and God will always be with us in our wonderful times and we celebrate it in the church and we celebrate in the domestic church and, and the, the church of the home, but also in our challenging times that, you know, I spoke of earlier, whether it's, you know, with younger children or teenagers and, you know, our boys are all launched and, and they're on their own, but they're always a parent and you're always concerned and, you know, how are their jobs going and how are their relationships going and how are they doing as being parents and the rest. Um, so it's, we really do re rely on our, our Catholic faith a lot in order for us to um, be the people that we want to be, that we're called to be um, in, in all this growth. So it's really a sign, a sacramental marriage is really a sign of the permanence and faithfulness that a, that a husband and a wife should have. And we know that God has that faithfulness to us. So um, it, 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 it's a powerful uh, energizer and support throughout all these many years of marriage. How is uh, a marriage? How can a marriage be strengthened by the grace of God? I think we touched on that a little bit about the stages of married life, but you know, the grace of God is much different than just um, explain that because I think there could be a lot of Protestant uh, listeners that 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 uh, vernacular may not be used. Yeah, I think it's a daily piece that if you're into. Um understanding your relationship and that it's a, a gift from God and your spouse and everything you have is a, is a gift from God, um, then we start seeing things in a different way. So, you know, I drive on um, an expressway, actually several expressways every day to get to work. The Dan Ryan is known all over the country as a, as a very busy expressway. There's accidents on it. There's crazy people driving on it every day. Um, I start my day praying that my family has a good day, that, that everybody is healthy, that they make decisions that God would want them to make. But I also pray for me to be calm because I can be less than calm on my drive-in, <laughs> and I don't want to be that way. So I think as I pray and think about it, then I see the good that's going on. So through the grace that we have through the sacrament and through God's you know ever-presence with us, uh, it it helps to see things differently and, and prayer actually i mean there's studies and research that says that prayer uh changes the brain and makes us become different people and if we're different people then our marriages are different mm. so it can help us on an individual part on an individual level but also as a as a married couple so i think it has to do with perspective and seeing things differently and appreciating that god is uh, always with us. And the grace of the sacrament helps us through the difficult times or the challenges. That's what I, I share with engaged couples. Um, you know, we know statistically that probably six or seven or eight out of 10 engaged couples are living together. And I said, well, living together or cohabitation, that's very, very different 
than sacramental marriage. Because yeah. in the sacrament, you have God with you. You have the grace of the uh, sacrament with you and of God with you. So it helps through these difficult times. Uh, if Marilyn and I had to rely on just ourselves to get through marriage and to have a successful marriage, uh, it would be much more difficult. But we always know we have God with us. And that really, really is helpful. Uh, that helps us to have not that as long as commitment, but that no matter what kind of commitment, because God is with us no matter what. Yes. What is the difference between um, a covenant marriage and a silver marriage, a civil marriage contract? Well, for a a civil contract, it's saying the state says that the two of you are legally bound together um, and you have certain legal rights. um, And if one person does not fulfill the contract, uh, then that legal marriage can end and, you know, civil divorce. Um, but in a covenant, in a sacramental marriage, uh, it is based on, on God, and it's based, it echoes God's love. Um, so, you know, there was marriage long before there was Christian society, if, yeah. you know, if we're going back thousands of years. But Christians refocus marriage and redefine marriage. Now it's, you know, a marriage in the Lord. It's a marriage that, you know, echoes the love that God has for us. Well, that, that really changes it. So a covenant marriage is a marriage that should last forever. It's a marriage that has, you know, like we were saying earlier, the, the grace of God to uh, help us with that. Uh, there are people that are wonderful people that are in civil marriages. Um, unfortunately, they don't have the grace of the sacrament to assist them during difficult times. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for a, a sacrament, when you are in with both feet, then when times get tough, you don't say, how do we get out of here? You know, my spouse is not meeting my needs or my spouse isn't fulfilling her end of the contract or whatever. When you're in a sacramental marriage, it's, all right, things aren't going well now. What do we need to do to get our act together again? What, yeah. what were we doing when things were going well? Are we not volunteering like we used to volunteer? Are we just going through a difficult stage because we're dealing with an elderly parent and we, you know, just understand it as a stage and we'll, you know, our act will get back together down the road. So there are a lot of differences, but, you know, I wouldn't denigrate or put down somebody who's in a civil marriage just because there are good people that, that are not people of faith, unfortunately. Uh, but we like to model what we think is important, and that's you know, the Christian sacrament. Yeah, and millennials in particular, they kind of, uh, they hit the unfriend button, you know, very easy uh, when marriage gets tough. But when you look at marriage through the lens of a covenant and through a sacrament, it begin, you begin to, you begin to, your outlook looks different. And it really does. And that's, we, we start off our pre canis so our marriage prep program, um, just sharing an overview saying, you know, when you're talking about getting married in, in the Catholic Church, you have words like, you know, covenant and sacrament and mission and one flesh and holy mystery. And those are words that certainly uh, a justice of the peace would never share. Right. And what I try to point out to the engaged couples is, you know, you've said all sorts of important things to your future spouse. You said, you know, uh, do you want to go out on a date? And somebody said yes. And then somebody took a chance and said, I love you. And, you know, they re- your partner responded. And, you know, importantly, uh, you said, you know, I want to marry you. You, you, you know, asked for your partner's hand in, in marriage in, in some fashion or another. And I said, those are all important words, but they pale. They pale in comparison to the sacred vows that you're going to be sharing when you get married. So you'll be standing in front of family, 
friends, coworkers, God. And when you say, I promise to be true to you in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health, I will love you and honor you all the days of my life. That's so very powerful. I said, those are the most important words you will ever say to anyone. And you can see even the engaged couples who really don't think of those terms, they hear that and they're like, wow, what we're getting into is pretty important. <laughs> and, and we're all on a journey. We're all on a journey. Um, you know, one lady told me that their motto was, we are a work in progress with a lifetime commitment. And I thought that was outstanding. That, you know, for an engaged person to think that we're a work in progress as, as opposed to, you know, we've got it all together right now. Uh, Marilyn and I are married 40 years. We're a work in progress. Yeah. We're, we are different people today than we were 20 years sure. ago. Yeah. I ask the engaged couples, how many of you are different? And so the engaged couples are in their 20s and 30s. How many of you are a different person today than you were 10 years ago? And they all laugh and chuckle. The guy said, boy, when I was 17 or 16 years old, I was, you know, I was a wild guy. Not so much anymore. We all change. Yeah. And that change that happens from, you know, being 18 to 28 should happen from 28 to 38 to 48 and onwards. We can become better and better people and have more solid faith-based marriages as we get older as well. Yes, I agree. Well, thank you so much. Can you point us to any websites, books? Uh, currently, I'm reading The Theology of the Bo uh, Body. And uh, if you guys have not read it, please read it. Um, uh, John Paul, Pope John Paul II, his, um, his view on marriage and love is profound, and it is changing the way I look at marriage, the way I look at uh, a covenant, sacraments, um, as well as even some ethical issues. Um, so I'm going to throw that out there. Um, what, do you, what do you have in mind, and can you point us to a website? Well, our website at our office is familyministries.org. So familyministries.org. And there's all sorts of resources there. Um, our workbook that, again, uh, Jennifer, you mentioned, has been used by over 700,000 couples uh, to date uh, here in the Archdiocese of Chicago, but throughout the United States and in several English-speaking countries is called A Marriage in the Lord. It's just a wonderful resource um, for any Christian getting married. Uh, the terminology is Catholic because it's a Catholic workbook, but I think Christians would find it to be uh, a real good resource. And then the book that I'm currently reading is called The Choice Wine. Seven Steps to a Superabundant Marriage by Steve Bowman. And I'm just finding this really a, a wonderful book. And he, he talks about his father-in-law, Riley. And Riley was, you know, from Oklahoma. And he said, if you want to have a successful marriage, you need to do two things. You need to eat dinner with your family every night. And you need to sit with your family every Sunday in church. Do those two things, and you're going to be fine. And, you know, he simplified it. Uh, and the book's longer than, like, those you know, two paragraphs might be, but it, it's really on target. So if you sit with your family every night and have dinner and you spend time with God every Sunday uh, with your family, uh, you can have a, a wonderful, uh, faith-filled marriage. Yes, that's wonderful. And, and I just read a statistic this morning that uh, men who are active in their faith will see uh, their children uh, be active in their faith. Um, women play a great role in that, but um, the men have an even greater role, and they see more uh, active uh, Christian lifestyles as their children uh, and their adult children. And so men play a huge role 
and uh, in the future generations serving the Lord as well. Well, thank yes. you so much. Um, again, also find them on Facebook, uh, Family Ministries. Um, and yeah, I think for Family Men. Family uh, on Facebook. Okay, uh, but if you look up, if you type in Family Men, it, it'll come up to us. So, uh, but we are yes, the Family Ministries office. But I think fa- somebody had Family Ministries before us on Facebook, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Well, thank you so much. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Enjoy your corned beef and cabbage, and your family. Thanks so much, Jen. It's a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you. You're listening to a podcast from Millennials for Marriage. For more information, be sure to visit our website, millennialsformarriage.org.